Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour. I have an exciting guest for you today. She is an actress of both stage and screen, Miss Laura Nimi. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello, Ken. I am, I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, it, I, I was actually speaking a little uh, with my wife uh, uh, about this particular interview just because it's always fun to have an actor that has managed to pop up multiple times in a lot of the things that, that you have watched uh, in, in smaller roles and mm-hmm. because it always brings up the conversation, were they somebody that was memorable? Did their part have a large enough piece in the, in the work or whatever? And mm-hmm. you've always managed to stand out in any of the episodes that you've been. It's like, we saw her in Castle. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> Things like that. It's like, I remember her from that and this and this other thing. So I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. Well, what a compliment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So acting is a little different for everybody. Getting into it sometimes as the parents kind of shoving you into it. Sometimes you see a production and it just kind of moves you. Sometimes you're part of school productions. How did the acting bug bite you? Well, uh, it's interesting because I grew up, um, my mom uh, was a producer. And uh, so I grew up on sets. And I honestly never really thought, I mean, I was always into the performing arts, but I never necessarily thought that, um, you know, I was never like a a kid actor trying to, you know, this is my calling. This is my calling. I, uh, I was very much into music and, um, I, uh, started out mostly in rock and roll. I played bass in various different bands here in Los Angeles and we toured a little bit and, um, you know, I just, at a certain point I had always kind of studied acting. I'd always been in the, you know, the, uh, different performing classes, you know, dance and acting and singing and whatnot. But uh, I started taking it really seriously a little later in the game, you know, than most of my peers, you know, most of my peers were already in there, you know, at Juilliard and like going to NYU uh, in their twenties. And I was kind of a rock and roller at that point and doing different things. And so um, I started working at a theater and I started just immersing myself in the craft and really loving it. And um, started my own theater company. And from there, just kind of, it just, you know, escalated. You know, L.A. is a, a TV town and somewhat of a film town. And so, you know, just one thing led to another. And I just, you know, I feel like I'm still adjusting to TV and film. You know, it's funny because I've been doing this for so long. But it's still, you know, it's such a technical art form in, a, in you know, a lot of ways. It's, you know, you have to know where you're you know, where your angles are and whatnot. And whereas theater, you just get to kind of play. And Project. There's blocking. Yeah. And there, you I know, am speaking to you in the back. <laughs> well, amongst other things, <laughs> to be able to, you know, just have it in real time. Right. But uh, so, yeah. So in a, in a lot of ways, I'm a late bloomer, mm. you know, late bloomer, which uh, I kind of love in the, in the sense that, you know, I... I didn't have to combat 
uh, some of the things, especially right now, oh my God, social media and to have to be a young actor during this time, it's just, you know, I sound like an old person. Well, I didn't have it that way, but yeah, you know, I just, I, I, I don't think I mentally, I could be in a place with the pressures that, you know, everybody has to deal with in this business at a young age. So I, I seem to remember reading enough biographies and uh, seeing enough uh, montages that would occasionally click into black and white. Then things went bad. That is, yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah. going to be a little a little iffy uh, for yeah. for kids. For sure. So growing up on set, that's that's really kind of an interesting thing. Do you have mm -hmm. any Do you have any fun memories of? specific productions that you managed to kind of see oh, from the outside man i have so many i mean i got to you know be on set with john schlesinger i got to have you know dinner with george uh george miller who you know was the beatles guy nice. my mom was working on a film called can't stop the music an alan carr film okay nice and um which uh, alan carr you know um and uh, somehow George Miller was involved in that. Um, and I got to have dinner with him and talk about Yoko and John and like all these wonderful Beatles stories. I mean, wow. just some really cool things I, I had been privy to in the industry. I, you know, I went to the Academy Awards when I was, you know, younger because my mom worked for uh, Gil Cates, who, you know, was a uh, directed a lot of the Academy Awards and he was kind of, he's the reason I got my first SAG card. You know, I got my SAG card. He just was, um, he's like a member of our family. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, and um, yeah, just, I mean, tons of things. I've been to, you know, I've been able to be lucky enough to travel to different parts of the world because my mom, you know, uh, as a single as a single mom, she, you know, she kind of had to take me along with her. Of course, now in hindsight, I, I realized what an opportunity that was at the time. It was just like, oh man, I got to go to Yugoslavia. This sucks. <laughs> I want to hang with my friends. I got to go to Paris. Wow, this sucks. You know, but I mean, of course, in hindsight, now I'm like, geez, what an opportunity, man. You know, what an opportunity. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, sometimes it, it takes hindsight to really appreciate things. Right, right. always, always. Um, okay, so, all right, you brought up creating your own theater company. That was definitely something I wanted to talk a little bit about because uh, I have a, a great love uh, of theater. It was one of my favorite memories being involved in, in college theater and being able to watch any production that I could see uh, be right. put on, especially if it, uh, uh, especially if it had, you know, a lot of really neat costumes and, and uh, some interesting set. Um, what what caused you to want to create your own company? Where did this drive come from? Well, I was in, I'd been in several theater companies and um, a lot of the work that they were doing felt, um, you know, it was, it's wonderful work. They were doing a lot of classics and, you know, playwrights long gone past. And, and I just, I just really wanted to do uh, some fresh, I thought there were some incredibly talented new playwrights on the scene. And then I found Tracy Letts and that was just a love affair. That's, that just kind of the gift that just kept giving. And, and I just, I knew that I, if, it, you know, I 
think women are, are hearing this more now. And people, just people in general, you, just, you know, want something done, you just got to get it done. You got to get it done. And especially if something inspires you, you know, there's that window of inspiration. You got to grab it while it's happening. And I think that was, you know, luckily I was able to say, yes, I got to do this and I got to do it on my own and have no idea how to get it done, but just keep going and keep going. And, and, you know, my first time out of the gate, well, it wasn't really my first time out of the gate. I had co-produced an Irish play with some of my friends that was just absolutely lovely, called ourselves alone. Um, But my first solo experience producing and, and, uh, with Los Angeles Theater Company was um, was Killer Joe and it was such a success and I got to ride on that wave for a little bit uh, and uh, just just immerse myself in even more theater and more theater you know now do you get more joy out of the actual acting within the production or the actual creating producing on on the back end you know both both I love being able to collaborate with directors and artists you know sound designers and set designers you know it's i'd love to be able to you know work together and you know create a vision of how they see it and uh how i see it and you know kind of contribute in that way whereas if you're a hired hand that's not something you necessarily get to uh, get to be involved with so and i love you know i love the craft i love to be able to you know step in someone else's shoes and and do, do it live and, you know, have that adrenaline rush and, you know, hear the laughter and hear the, you know, the sounds in the audience. One of the things that I've had the luck, uh, uh, the good fortune to ask a handful of people, because I, I know when I experienced it, you know, briefly and in, in the little bit that I did, it was my favorite part. So I always like to ask when I can, did you have a, a moment or a, even a couple of moments when you were doing a production where you elicited, uh, elicited an emotional reaction from the crowd uh, in, in some way? And you just kind of had that. It's like, ah, I, I got you. <laughs> Did you have something that resonates with you in that way? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's. That's the addiction of, of live theater when you, you just keep chasing that, right? You keep chasing when your audience is with you. But, you know, I've learned uh, through experience that a lot of times, and I do this myself, I'm a, I'm a listening patron, you know? So if, if something's riveting to me, I am actually, you can't hear me. And I have this cackle, believe me, you can hear me from miles away. If I'm laughing, you hear me, you know, from miles away, but when I'm really with the play, I am just silent. I'm, I'm captivated. And so you kind of learn along the way that just because somebody's not laughing or going, ooh, or what, you know, making whatever, you know, uh, response that they're having to this experience audible, that it doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, some of the best shows that I think we've done or I've done you know, you walk away as an actor going, well, that was a dud. And then all of a sudden you, you, you realize, actually, no, everybody was was right there with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard to critique. Well, you know, it's, it, I, I always, I was, uh, you know, I always love to see just that. Um, okay. Well, okay. Let me, let me rephrase. Uh, 
I love tearjerkers. So anytime that somebody can kind of get me into that emotional spot where I'm uh, doing the thing where I'm constantly wiping the edge of my eyes like that, that seems like just kind of a, a, a nice thing. Being able to access those those emotions and make that connection is just kind of, it's special. Yeah, I, I agree. I really agree. And, you know, I've done plays like that. Usually I'm the character that's, um, a little bit more comedic. It's interesting. It's important in television. That's not necessarily the road I've taken. The road I get cast in as as much. But um, yeah. But I've done some of those plays where, uh, you know, you feel it. You feel you. It's an energy, and that's the thing. It's you can feel the energy, and I love I love small theaters because of that reason. When you're in a larger thing, I've you know I've worked at South Coast Rep and the Geffen playhouse and you know taper they're just larger spaces you can't feel it like in a 40 seater or a, even a 99 seater you know so it's... what's something from the production side you know when when we consume any type of media whether it be television or movies but especially with theater it's kind of hard to wrap your head around what goes into making a production i mean i'm everybody's seen a uh, the Mel Brooks, the producers. I'm sure it's nothing like that. But uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> what is something that might surprise the average, uh, the average uh, theater fan that goes into making a production happen? I mean, so many things, so many meetings. It's like it's. It, yeah, I've been calling, especially this. This is my first time doing a site-specific piece a site-specific play, um, it's like planning a wedding. <laughs> really, it is. It's like planning a wedding for me because, you know, in a wedding you get the venue and then you have to bring all these elements into this venue, you know, um, and you get the bridezillas and you get the, you know what I mean, where you're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. We got to get this done. And tech week is always like, I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh my husband is stage managing this particular show and it's so funny. He's, he's was a, the big time stage manager in, um, in London for many, many years in the West end. And so we're lucky to have him. but he, you know, he calls it all the time. He's like, okay, this is how, this is how tech week's going to go. It's going to be absolutely shitty for the first two days. The third day you're going to, you're going to have a great show. And you're going to go, oh, God, we're on to something here. Then you're going to have the worst show you've ever had. <laughs> then you're going to premiere, and it's just going to be a dud. And then on opening night, somehow, some way, it all comes together. And it, it's, it's true. That's really what it is. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just like, how is this going to ever happen? How is this ever going to happen? So, yeah. Now, I bet there's an additional little wrinkle that goes with, having that production in your location is there some added stress it's like okay we've got it we've got to make this happen please don't hurt the property uh please don't <laughs> don't do this or don't do that yeah for sure and especially in this climate right now you know this is someone's house you know luckily we don't go into the house we you know he has a separate entrance for our restrooms you know um but um yeah, I'm always mindful of this is someone's space. So we have to be, you know, extra respectful. I mean, my my mantra has always been leave it better, you know, leave the home better than when, than when you found it so that it's a 
positive experience in case anybody else wants to do a site-specific play that, that you know but also you know it's, it's my theater's reputation i want to make sure that you know it's and i'm also sensitive to what's going on right now with this new you know the delta variant and whatnot which is why i have made you know we this production has made such provisions to make sure that everybody feels so safe and so um from from the gate i mean this is a huge venue and we could fit 100 even 150 people in this venue but we are only maxing it at 50 people so that everybody so that you everybody there's space for everybody to mingle and it's you know they can sit together and but be separate from a lot of people and just really you know feel very comfortable in all this you know well, and that's also a good way to make it uh, feel very cozy for, I mean, it's a big space, but with a few people, you're part of something that feels more special because it's... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of that, you know, our director, Scott Cummins, talks about this all the time. That's the beauty of site-specific theater. It feels even more intimate, you know, because you're right there. You're right there. And especially in something that is, you know, midday. I mean, not midday, but it's during sunset. So... We don't have, um, we're, we're actually looking, you know, we can see everybody there. You know what I mean? We're, we're passing through them as we, as we do this play and people have their feet in the pool while we're, while we're doing this play. It's, 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 I gotta say, it's one of the proudest moments as a producer and an actor that I have, um, done in my entire career. And my entire career, it's just such a beautiful thing. And uh, such a, I call it my love letter to Los Angeles because it's, it, it really is, especially during this time. What is this show about? What, uh, to give a little tease to the listeners. It's about what we've all been through this past year. You know, it's about, uh, it takes place, um, you know, during the, during the, uh, the fall of 2020 when you know we're in deep in uh, COVID uh, and this quarantine, and we're all isolated, and it's about a house sitter, which I play. Her name is Glenn, and um, in, in this posh home, uh, poolside, and this pool boy, pool boy, so, so to speak. That's a very loose. Um, uh, you know, comes in and and starts to clean the pool, and they become this. The relationship um, goes from there, and it's really. You know, I it's like I've been saying this whole time. You know, we all got a little wacky during last year. At least the people I know, we got a little weird, and things. You know, some of us weren't our best selves. Some of us uh, were in the sense that we just, you know, were like. Let's try it. Let's do things that we've never done before. You're rediscovering themselves, you know, and, you know, it just taps into a lot of questions about, you know, uh, loneliness, isolation, especially during this time with social media, how, I mean, thank God for social media this past, you know, during this pandemic for especially the single people out there, but also, you know, that we get further away, you know, we're getting further away and it, and it's, it's uh it's hilarious <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious i think it's just so 
it's just a wonderful comedic piece that's quirky and lovely and has such depth. Um, and it's one hour long and I love that too, because, you know, I don't know about you, but my bandwidth during this past year has just like, you know, it's yeah. like I, all the zoom meetings, all the things it's like, I don't know if I could sit in the theater for two hours right now and watch a play. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I definitely get where you're coming from, but being able to put on a production that focuses on in, in, in a very zoomed in, to use that word again, zoom, uh, zoomed in sort of way on the connections, making connections again in a time where making connections is a little more difficult or maintaining the connections that you already have. That that seems like it could be potentially very powerful. Mm -hmm. It really is. And it's done in such a fun way. And uh, yeah, I just love this play. It's just, this playwright, Wendy Hopkins, is just a fierce and extraordinary talent. She's a Second City alum. And I'm just so excited to uh, see what unfolds for her uh, moving forward as a playwright, because she's going to be a force to reckon with for sure. That definitely sounds like it'll be something that people will talk about well after they see it. Um, yeah. Are you, are there going to be recordings of it or is it going to be live only? You know, it's a tough one. I, I don't know about you, but as I've been, you know, was, we've been all quarantined and watching some of the live performances on the, on theater. I want to look, obviously I want to endorse it because it's, it's a wonderful creative way to pivot uh, the art form. But the other part of that is that it's just, it's, it's not, just the, not same. the same. Yeah. It's just not the same. And so it always feels a little like, I don't know. Kind of canned, just, not. Yeah, it's just not not. I don't feel as connected. Yeah. You know, I just don't, and so it's it's uh, it's challenging for me to watch that stuff. So, you know, we might tape one just for Posterity. to have. Yeah, we were thinking about maybe doing an on demand thing, but the more I thought about it, the more it's just like, <clears throat> no, it's something you have to see. Well, then that just means that you're going to have to take this on the road, uh, find houses right? throughout the country. Right, right. <laughs> I know. We only have five performances left. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's just, it's like, come. it's gone so so fast here. But yeah, but I'm excited about these last five performances and just, you know, hopefully getting as many people out of their homes and their little cubbies right now to feel safe that, it's okay to come out outside and and have an experience like this and i'm really proud of it so and the people involved that's a great awesome. job they've done well the good thing is you not only have your own theater work uh, but you also uh, are involved uh, very regularly in television and and movies uh, so that you can reach those people that might not be able to uh, come out to see a yeah. live show how did that, that cool. how did that happen? How did you do the transition from theater to uh, recorded media? Um, well, slowly, 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 slowly. I mean, you know, the, tra the trajectory of my career has been slow and steady, you know, the long game stuff. It's just been building one credit after another, you know, and after another, and then finally casting directors, you know, believe in you and they take a chance on you and they, 
they see you, you're you're getting better and better and you know i'm a firm believer in always studying and growing as a, as an actor it's a muscle i think it atrophies if you're not using it all the time and so i'm always either in class or i'm you know i'm still that person i'm still curious and i'm still i, I love to learn so um you know i <laughs> it's been for me slow and steady you know, some years have been leaner than others. And right. of course, This Is Us has been such a gift for me. Um, but I've been doing this for 20 years. So I've been here. Well, the funny thing is, the, the if you look on your IMDb credits, uh, I, I realized that I had actually seen you in a production before I had realized that I had seen you. As I mentioned, I'd uh, seeing you in, in, in Castle and, and The Mentalist. It's like, yeah, I've seen her several times and her characters always yeah. stand out. But there was almost like she was... She was she was in Firefly. <laughs> how did I miss I that? That was my first TV credit. Oh my god, how exciting is that? I mean, I'm woman number one. I I don't even think I have words, but I mean, I and let me just say, I got fan mail from that. Just you know, because the fans of Firefly are serious. They are yeah. serious. Yeah. Uh, fans. So it was uh, it was so funny, but yeah, that was my first credit. I was so nervous. Oh my god, I was so nervous. <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny looking at some of the some of the credits that you've got. You tend to have several instances where you reinteract with people that are loosely associated with uh, with each other. So, like talking about, well, you were on you were on Firefly, but you were also on Castle. So you I know were involved Nathan. twice with that. But you, I feel like everybody has a Nathan story. He's just the <laughs> coolest because he's been doing it forever, and he's just like. I mean, talk about the long game. He is just like constantly reinventing and a new character, new career in television. He's just, it's just, he's wonderful. Did you hear about I the love... uh, change.org petition uh, revolving around uh, this gentleman? No. <laughs> what? So, no, what happened? No, it's a good thing. It's it's really quite funny. I think it was initiated by Warner Brothers because they, they, they saw something, uh, uh, something along the lines that he's from Canada. And they're going right. to be uh, putting together a park in in Edmonton, and so they want to have the the city like name a structure after him that's going to be in the park, just a structure. So they want it to be the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion. <laughs> I, I very much want that to happen. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Oh my God! Some of the strange things that that accompany the. Did he come up with that? Did he come up with that? I don't know who came, came up, up with that. Whoever was brilliant. Uh, that was oh that was God. that was a good piece. Hilarious. What? Um, so okay, it's a slightly different beast going into TV and film from from theater. Um, do you have a specific um, production or a specific interaction with? Uh, a director or uh, actors that kind of stands out to you as as being something noteworthy that made even if the the part that you were playing was not necessarily a, a prominent one that just like man this is this is special this this thing that I'm involved with in some way. Um. Well, I do have. Uh, my Ben Kingsley story, which is that uh, I did an episode of The Sopranos 
which by the way, you can see me for a second, but I was so excited, right? The Sopranos. <laughs> right. It doesn't get better at that time. And they, you know, HBO owned, you know what I mean? Yes, they did. And so, and my scene is with Ben and um, Michael Imperioli, who I love. And um, so I get a phone call the night before I'm supposed to shoot for my agent saying, okay, so just so you know, when you get on set, you need to uh, refer to Ben as Sir Ben Kingsley. And so I thought she was joking and I was laughing and she said, no, 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 seriously. When you get on set, you can only address him as Sir Ben Kingsley. And so I had called my father-in-law because he, he, he had worked with them before. And I said, is this true? He said, yeah, I hear he just got knighted and you know, he wants to be now he's taking his, his knighthood very seriously. <laughs> So I get on set and of course that's like the scare it's like the worst thing you can do to another actor you come in and alienate that person immediately cuz you need your scene partner. Right. We all need our scene partners, right? So now you know he's just putting his status up even further. Of course in hindsight I can see maybe why he did it if he's a method guy, who knows. I don't even know. But <laughs> um you know it was just like cuz he was playing himself in the episode. Ah. And so, um, but it was just like, oh my God, talk about being intimidated. It's like, oh God, okay, well, you're the, you're Sir Ben. I'm just Laura from LA, being an actor here, you know. Um, but anyway, so that, that, that definitely, I was just, the whole day when I was with him, I was just, I couldn't even make eye contact practically. I was just like, okay, he's a knight. He's knighted. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's the oldest uh, version of uh, uh, self-promotion, really, to, to go to that next status level. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, and he did it. speaking of self-promotion, don't forget putting people to catch us on all of our social media to keep up to date with what's going on in the world of pudding. Where are you most active, Richard? Well, you could see some of my activity on our Instagram account. Would that happen to be at Pudding Guys? That one would, yes. Amazing. You know what? That is also our Facebook. So you can about once a month. <laughs> see, see, if you're lucky. Something. If you're lucky, we'll post something on Facebook. We're probably most, most on Twitter at Real Pudding Guys. But of course, you can catch us on Patreon as pudding guys that's right where for just one dollar a day you can support us as we bring you new interviews new material new stuff to make our interviews and material look better it's just fantastic for only a dollar a month hey paul a, not a lot no it's, not really it really isn't that's actually twelve dollars over the course of a year right small change to help the pudding guys keep going and we're back <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that you're completely informed on how to get a hold of the pudding guys, uh, we, we'll get back to the important person in the room, <laughs> or theoretically, sort of, sort of in the room over the the internet highway. Um, so I, I have to ask. Uh, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, about uh, uh, this is us, and this particular production has caught a lot of people. Uh, the, their attention. It just kind of holds it. Tell, tell me a little bit about your part in the show. And one of the things that struck me is it's, it's a very, 
I mean, the, the show in general has just really got a lot of um, a lot of hard topics to deal with. But your role in particular kind of touches on some some very sensitive subjects. How did you approach this, and how how did you handle it? Well, I mean, first of all, what a beautiful character, right, Marilyn Pearson? And I, you know, just I I love that I get to uh, kind of go back and forth in time. I mean, what a it's like an actor's dream to be able to you know time jump like that. Um, you know, when I started this, the role was, was very small, you know, it was just a very, um, peripheral part. And so I feel so fortunate that they had fleshed her out a little bit more and, um, address some, you know, I think you really tapped on it. They, they kind of go in there, you know, Dan and, and all the writers are just so friggin' amazing that they, they, they lean straight into what's the real deal of what's happening right now in the world and topics that are important to discuss and hard to discuss, you know? Um, and so I, you know, I love that. I love that um, they kind of, they went there uh, with myself and Stanley, you know, uh, who plays my husband, uh, Peter Anorati, um, in that, in that way. And now, you know, this, this, this last season, we got to kind of touch upon some of the sweeter times. So, you know, I'm glad they did that especially right now in this environment that you got to see a little bit of why we, you know, some of the, the good times of the family, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I, you know, I'm praying this is the last season that we're coming up on here and I'm hoping that they reveal even more um, of flesh this character out a, a little bit more here. I mean, they've got it. They've got it closed doors on all these characters, these beautiful characters that these writers and Dan have created. And so I know it's going to be a big task for them, especially with the fan base. You know, everybody wants to be satiated in that way, of right. making sure that everybody got their dues. You know what I mean? Tying up loose ends is, is a bear because I, yeah. I, I would think uh, from the writing standpoint, you always have more to say. And you only right. have so much time to put it in. How do you decide what to keep and what not to keep? Where is that level of importance come from? Where is the line drawn? You've seen it from from your perspective on 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 both creating uh, shows and being in them. How would you make those decisions? How what goes into the process of that? Oh God, you know, I can't even answer that, especially with this show. I mean, obviously, you know, the series regulars are the ones that are going to be the the biggest to focus on, you know, because everybody's been watching them mostly for uh, these past six, seven years. Um, but that's always a tough thing. I think you're right. It's a really, really challenging thing, you know, but it really it's why I love ensemble pieces in theater it's really why I love ensemble pieces because though I love seeing one person's journey, like in this, in this, this, this pool boy is a two hander. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It's you're seeing these two people, right? but with ensembles, you get to kind of, uh, peek and weave and, you know, uh, through all these different characters. And it's, I find that exciting, you know? So, it's it's a, it's a tough question to ask. I, you know, I'm married to a writer, so I'm always like, 
I don't know how he does it. I don't know how writers, I have, I'm in such awe of writers because that's exactly it. How do you address all these things and do it in a way that's not, you know, canned or cheesy or, you know, so obvious and do it in an interesting way that hasn't been done before. It's, but also, like I said, this is such a fan base. This is us. It's such a fan base show that like, you want to honor the fans, you know, that, I mean, that's what I would think in, in certain, in a certain aspect of it, because they're the reason why the show is so, so successful, you know? Maybe I'm wrong in, in my, in my thought process here, but I think there is a strength in this show that lends itself to uh, a finale a little easier than others in the sense that the story is completely relatable and it's, not got really fantastic elements to it. It's trying to ground in reality where you get a show like Lost or you get uh, uh, right. any of the other things that the, the the finales, eventually it's going to let somebody down. There's just no two ways around it because everybody right. has their own emotional investment and they think that things should go in a very specific way because and, and it's fantasy. So that means it can go in a 100,000 different directions. Right. But with something like this no matter which direction it goes it can feel real yeah and it's interesting because we had this with um with pool boy you know originally the ending was different the ending has been adjusted a few times during uh you know during rehearsals um with really uh interesting conversations back and forth from the director and the writer and uh, even us actors, but really primarily those two about how, you know, how to, how to end something uh, that, like this with these two people. And so, you know, I was vying for one way and it didn't necessarily turn out that way, but, you know, that's the thing about, you know, writing and, and directing and about the collaboration of a process to be able to, um, be open-minded enough to say, okay, well, let's try it this way. You know, let's try it this way and see what comes out of this. And of course, it's it's been, you know, a topic of conversations for a lot of people who have, you know, watched the play of, well, wait, what? I don't understand. How did that, what, what's going on? And, you know, it creates conversation. So it's wonderful, you know? That in and of itself is wonderful, right? Well, and it, and it probably has a certain extra level of challenge. You're talking about appreciating the length of the play being shorter. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in a, a current day sort of a thing where we're almost trained to think that if the film or whatever it is that we're doing isn't two hours long, then it, it just can't be done right. And, and we're going to longer and longer uh, periods to watch things. How do you, I mean, even with just, if you just have two people, how do you manage to create a story that flows and hits all the notes that it needs to hit in such a short period? You know, and that's the beauty of this playwright. Um, Wendy has done an extraordinary job here and it's so relatable. <laughs> you know, I think it tapped on, I think everybody can relate had, you know, at some point it's some aspect of this play during this quarantine time 
And uh, it's like, I mean, she just she just went straight straight for the heart on this stuff. And, um, you know, it, that's the, I'm in awe of that. I don't know. I mean, that's what writers, <laughs> the brilliance of writers, the brilliance of writers, you know, and to do it in one hour, to do it in, you know, 35 pages. That's, that's so hard. You know, it's much harder when you have when you have more time, you can you can kind of flesh out like you were saying, but to do it in a, in a, a one act, so to speak, it's um, and she she did an incredible job and just incredible. Well, maybe you could touch on what you think. Well, what is your one of your favorite parts of the show? What uh, because I at least I know, admittedly, my experience is limited, but in whatever production that I, I happen to be involved with, there was always just, okay, this one scene, this is my favorite. This is, this is where I think everything either comes together or this particular bit of dialogue, uh, is, is the best way to kind of encapsulate what this person is and what they think and how they see the world. Do you have something like that from your show? I do. I, I'm kind of, you know, the first act, uh, is is because it's a three. There's three acts. This first act is I'm kind of, in, I mean I love every. There's so many moments, so many moments, but you know I love this character's optimism. I love her optimism because it's very much like myself. You know I am a I am a true, a uh, true optimist, and it's it. I just, I just love her in that way. You know. Um, uh, so I guess you know the first the first uh, the first act, especially the end of the first act, is really for me just so so lovely. But I mean you know, the entire play. There's so many moments. There's so many funny <laughs> moments that are like, oh my god, this is such great writing. It really is. So she's so funny. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's always it's hard you, you, when you when you ask the questions. Like at least from my side, okay, I want to I want to ask a question she can answer without actually giving any plot away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, it's like, huh? What, what what do we have? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with with an hour, yeah. everything seems like it would be very important <laughs> to how the whole production ties together. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just this, this play. And what I'm hearing from a lot of people who come to see it is just that it just makes you happy. It just makes you happy, you know? And it's right now, you know, it's, I mean, not to say that it doesn't have depth. It really does. I'm, but it's just one of those plays that you just, you go and see and you just come out smiling, you know, you just come out smiling, which is what the intention for me behind producing this was, uh, was that we all need that right now. Right. You know, we just all need that right now. At least I do. Happiness you know, doesn't so. mean there isn't death. That's for sure. I, right. I, I've had a, a version of a conversation with uh, friends and family multiple times talking about how a lot of them have certain films that they just absolutely love and that are happy films. It's like, well, I, I can't get behind that because uh, it's what I call saccharine. It's, it's, yeah. it's forced. It doesn't feel yeah. genuine, but you can still right. have that genuine connection. And it's not even necessarily a, a, a thing with the production because I think it's saccharine, but that doesn't mean that it necessarily is. But, mm -hmm. you know, you find that thing that you connect with. You know, I, I watched the movie Chefs. Like, oh, man, that 
the character growth is is my big thing. Any sort of development that you can have for the character that can happen. I my my biggest pet peeve is if the character ends whatever production the same way they started, that drives me insane. There should have been some change. There needs to be that's Agreed. that's the good part. Agreed. Otherwise why are you watching it? Exactly. Right. There's gotta be a shift. Or not, but it's got to, it it has to be, you know, uh so on the nose that it's you know that that at least the other character has to be right something something shifts sure. character driven versus plot driven i'm sure that's a, a conversation that we could have about a hundred times and have a lot of fun with but right <laughs> but uh okay so how about this uh so the other individual in the play uh, who uh uh is acting opposite you who is that individual oh the brilliant pat town Pat Town is this actor that I have always, around my circle, his name has always been a buzzin' because uh, I work with a lot of Chicago actors and he's a Chicago guy and I had never met or worked with him. And so when I got a chance to work with him, I was like, ooh, this is exciting. I know this is going to be good. <laughs> and he has just been such a gift to this production. He is absolutely delightful he is just one of my favorite actors he's he's incredible in this play but he's also just a lovely lovely man so it's you know it's that's what you get it's like i feel like most of the pros that i've worked with at least recently i've been really fortunate i have to knock wood on that they've all just been you know like like the cast of this is us it's just all been these beautiful beautiful people that i just i'm like yeah they'd be my friend i'd hang out with them in my real life they're just lovely people that's you know what, that's why i always hope for that's that's also another game uh, uh my co-host and i occasionally play is like how close do you think they are to the people that they play <laughs> would they be approachable and it's always always fun to kind of get the chance to actually uh speak and find out uh in, in person whether whether they would they have been uh they they are actually a fantastic actor. Wow, they're nothing like the characters they play. Let's let's get away as quickly as we can. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, yeah, it's that's kind of awesome. Now, um, I always like to ask a handful of questions that have nothing to do with anything. Um, okay. We'll we'll start with one again, trying to resonate with everybody. Uh, our podcast uh, has a name that talks about food that we never really talk about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we do like to talk about food on occasion and pizza is kind of a, a unifying food for everybody but the way you enjoy the pizza is a little bit different are you a chicago kind of deep dish are you a new york slice what kind of pizza person are you yeah new york la monica's in westwood my favorite my favorite of nice. all time the best pizza ever hands down and that's New York pizza, so uh, the best. I do love a good New York slice. I, I like I'll eat a little bit of everything, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't had a good there. There is no good New York slice in Bloomington, Indiana. Not that I've found so far. <laughs> it's not saying there is New York slices that are bad. I just haven't found any. It's just not yeah. something you get here. Yeah, well, I need to get some of that again sometime soon. The other kind of unrelated question, uh, a lot of what we do uh, relates to the intersection of pop culture in terms of where movies and television intersect with comic books. We're a couple of comic book geeks. So mm. I always like to ask any guest, uh, 
if they are a comic book fan and whether they are or they are not, if there is a comic character that they would just absolutely love to play and who would it be? Oh, wow. Hmm. Ooh, that's a tough one. No, I am not a comic book character yet. Every guy I've ever been dated and <laughs> married to whatever I uh, like married to, like I've been married 20 times. I've only been married once, by the way. No judging. Um, they are, uh, they are comic book geeks, man. They are just, they're total nerds. But, uh, so I'm not, but I'm trying to think, who would I, who would I want to be? I mean, because there, there's so many good little little parts sometimes, whether it, whether it's something that you would think is related uh, to comic books or not, there's, there's so many properties. Um, like, uh, you know, that movie Old that just came out, it's based on a graphic yeah. novel. Yeah. Oh, is it good? I haven't seen it. I, I won't reveal anything. <laughs> After, oh, okay. Part okay. of what we do is okay. reveal, uh, review the films. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still, still haven't done a review on that one yet, but <laughs> yeah. getting to it. But uh, so what about, um, so are you kind of, do you like the action side of things? Or are you more, uh, prefer a more serious tone? Like a dramatic. What do you mean in terms of like? In terms of comic, or do you like comedy? Comic? Yeah, if you're going to be a character, it's like, well, you, you know, there's a lot of great comic strips out there too. There hasn't, they could do an adaptation of, uh, I don't know, uh, Kathy for anything else. But <laughs> yeah, that would be me. All right, that would be me. You're right. You're right, Ken. You nailed it, buddy. Yes, that's it. I would be Kathy. Uh, so get me. Uh, <laughs> I am Kathy on certain days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, for sure. That's that's always my, that's always my favorite thing to try and try and find somebody that where where you might you might fit into it. So it looks like okay, she's got so many great roles. Like, but I don't know if she's she knows comic books. So if I mention somebody, she she's got no. You could. Uh, no, I, I'm not really I'm not really plugged into that. You know, I'm, I I'm just because I, I, I guess it just seems so far away from anything I'd ever get to play that it's just not been my peripheral. I say that, and yet, how interesting would that be? To be, you know, to, to, you know, flip the script on some of these heroes that why mm -hmm. can't there be a female Batman, a Batwoman? I mean, you know, I guess there is a Batwoman, but more in that, you know, where the writing is, you know, kick ass like the <laughs> like Batman is. Right. There, there's so many opportunities. And even some of the I love seeing some of the deep cuts like Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus uh, has a character that's going to be reappearing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe multiple times. And Ooh. and it's she's been in a couple of uh, a couple of the the things now. She's been in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, and she has okay. she was in briefly in Black Widow. But she's she's going to be if you're a comic book fan and, and like me and and love Marvel's like, "Oh, that character's a really good character. It's got so much meat on it. If they if they really kind of kind of go with it and and let her have some fun with it, I'm that's the kind of thing that I love to see happen. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting to see where you know these playing a, a a female superhero. You don't have to be in a hot little corset with hmm. you know high heels. You no. know what I mean? Like that. I mean, that's why I love Tank Girl. Tank Girl, Lori Petty and Tank Girl was, she was amazing. Great. She was just kick ass and just, she just, you know what I mean? But I don't think that's a Marvel DC thing. It's not Marvel DC, but it is a comic book movie. Right? So it's, and it was a good one. I, I, 
I I kind of more prone to that. Well, I, I always like it, especially if it's done well. I mean, I, I love the, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the television shows. I, I, I really want to get into a lot of them like the DC uh, shows are often good or at least good adjacent. <laughs> Some of the writing yeah. choices are kind of strange, like uh, the Supergirl uh, outfit uh, in comics is traditionally not very practical. Uh, flying around in a mini skirt and high high heel boots just doesn't quite make sense. And so they right. decided in, in some writing choices that when they redo her costume, she's going to have like a full bodysuit and pants. It's like, that's smart and that's really great. And then they go and ruin it and just write in it. She, she just goes, pants. It's like, no, no, don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would be. I'd be lady in a pantsuit. <laughs> As a as a super villain. Oh, it was it was so good. Lady in a pantsuit, super villain. I don't know. Well, it's crazy. So, all right, now you you have so many good things going on. I want to encourage our listeners to make sure you check out This Is Us. If you are local, definitely check out. Uh, if and by the time this will come out next week, so there's going to be a few more performances Ooh. of your play. Uh, but also, uh, she is in uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead as well, coming out with Angelina Jolie. Definitely take uh, your time and, and check it out. She's, she's great. Uh, I, I swear that you will enjoy it. I, I really wish I could get out and see your play. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen before my, my travel restrictions and all. But uh, uh, how would people keep track of you so that we know exactly what's going on and what your next projects are going to be? Do you have some good social media connections? I, well, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm a little bit more active on Instagram, so I'm at Laura Nemi uh, on Instagram, and then um, my theater company again. We're on Instagram, Los Angeles Theater, Los Angeles Theater. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm sometimes on Facebook, but mostly. Yeah, that's what yeah. pretty much everybody says. It's like, and there's Facebook. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time and to speak thank with you us. So much, and it's been great I having feel you the on. Same way. And have thank a, you so much. Have a great evening, and I hope to get to talk to you again sometime here in the near future. Yeah, me too. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Ken. 